Bernard Salt actually refers to us as the um, entrepreneurial capital of Australia, and I completely concur with that. I look, I think it's twofold. I think it's happened partly because we haven't had a choice. So whilst in the past we were focused heavily on tourism, people wanting a change in lifestyle perhaps but had tech skills or had other skills in other areas have relocated here, haven't been able to find the kind of roles that they wanted without going back down to Brisbane for argument's sake. So they've created their own opportunity. They've said, I'm going to hang out my shingle and I'm going to do do what I do best and make a go of it. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I have an incredible woman, Jennifer Swain. This amazing soul is passionate and proud to call the Sunshine Coast home, having relocated here from Sydney in 2010. As a non-executive director of Visit Sunshine Coast, chair of the Sunshine Coast Business Awards, and vice president of the Sunshine Coast Chambers Alliance, Jennifer engages with the businesses that make up the fabric of this great region. She does that to facilitate connection and collaboration. Jennifer has her own marketing and communications business and works with a variety of businesses, assisting them with their PR, communications, branding, and to help them increase their profile. She has a regular business column in Noosa and Hello Sunshine magazines and is a regular public speaker and MC. She's also a very beautiful friend of mine, and I'm very proud to share with you this incredible, amazing woman who has incredible insights, not only to the business sector, the corporate sector, but also as you'll hear in this podcast, um, we pretty much sell the Sunshine Coast. It is a beautiful place to live, and you will hear why, particularly from an entrepreneurial point of view, uh, and also our corporate sector up here, and our diverse range of industries and businesses that are up here in this part of the world. I also would love to make a note here that when this goes to air, the Sunshine Coast Chamber Alliance, for those of you who are in Queensland, maybe on the Sunshine Coast, may be interested in a breakfast that is being held up here uh, on the 5th of May. That's Thursday. Uh, sorry, let me just double check that. Uh, it is on, yes, Thursday, the 5th of May. Um, it is through the Sunshine Coast Chamber Alliance and it is for a breakfast for small business and it's also launching the Sunshine Coast Business Awards. Now, if you're interested in that or you want to reach out and become a part of this incredible community, then just go to the Facebook page for the Sunshine Coast Chamber Alliance and you'll see in there how you can book a ticket or maybe even if you can be a part of this from a distance. So please enjoy today's show. I just loved every single second with beautiful Jen Swain. She lives on 10 acres up here on the sunny coast she has horses she has puppies and she is one hell of a woman i look forward to hearing your comments and feedback on my uh, instagram page kim morrison 28 uh, also you can go to my facebook page kim morrison training and of course don't forget the wellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast you can also find me now on my new website kimmorrison.com Cannot wait to hear your feedback. Thank you for your five-star rating. Please reach out to the beautiful Jen Swan. All her contact, Jen Swan, Jen Swain, all her contacts will be in the notes for you to reach out to her. Take care, be kind, and I look forward to sharing another amazing guest with you right here, same place, same time, in a week's time. <laughs> 
As you can tell, one of my greatest and most incredible pleasures is to interview amazing souls. And this week, oh my gosh, have I got a guest for you, the beautiful Jennifer Swain, who is one hell of a woman and also someone I'm very proud to call a friend. We've got a beautiful connection. And this week, I'm really excited to share with you her story, her background, and also her passion around business and particularly here on the Sunshine Coast. So welcome to the show, beautiful Jen Swain. Well, thank you for having me, Kim. And it's really lovely of you to say all those really lovely things. I don't know that I'm worthy of being here, but, you know, but thank you for having me. Oh, you are worthy, my friend. You are one incredible woman. And particularly for me, a person who's on her own in business a lot of the time and certainly trying to build her her name, her profile, and also her beautiful business. But you're someone who seems to just do it so freaking naturally. You're someone who everybody on the Sunshine Coast knows, if not beyond. And so I'd love it if you could just let the listener know maybe a little bit about your background, your upbringing, and then what led you into the world of business. Wow, I'm old, so this could take a while, Kim. So, so buckle, buckle in, everyone. Um, look, I grew up in country New South Wales, um, one of five children. Um, mum didn't work. Uh, my, my youngest brother and sister were twins, one of which was handicapped. My, my youngest sister, Fiona, had Down syndrome and sadly passed away at age 17. So community, growing up in, in the town was called Hay and we later moved to Narrabri to give Fiona better opportunities, but um, community was always really, really important to not just um, mum and dad, but it became important to the whole family having a broader community about you. And I guess when you grow up in in a community that, that deeply cares for each other and looks out for each other, you can't help but have that, it has that impact on you. So you always knew if you were doing something wrong by the time you got home, despite the fact there were no mobile phones back then, mum already knew about it, you know, that what you're up to down the street. So, you know, the old the old grapevine used to work really, really, or the telegraph pole, your bush telegraph used to work really well. Um, and I think, you know, that was really grounding for me, having that sense of community and that sense of belonging. And mum and dad were really, dad was really big into rotary and um, all those sorts of things. Mum and dad's man, um, dad was on, you know, the treasurer at the PNC and they were involved in the local fates and you name it, whatever was going on in the community, whether it be volunteering or doing something else, guarantee it, mum and dad would be there together with heaps of other mums and dads because that's that was the social outing as well. And I think that kind of um, was ingrained in me from an early age. And so as I just, you know, went through my life where I could make a difference, I, I did and I know I could and I continue to do that um, because I think it's, it, it's a responsibility for all of us to give back even when you can. You know, not everyone can all the time but and not everyone has the energy or the time or the different places in their life. But if you're at a place in your life where you can give back and, and you, you've got something to give, and by that I don't mean it, it's money because it's not always about giving money. Sometimes it's just about sitting and listening you know, or holding someone's hand or dropping a cake off to someone or, you know, being just being there, being that person for somebody else. So, and we're all capable of doing that. And as I said, I think that was ingrained in me from a, a very early age. And mum, mum's mum died in childbirth. So mum was an only child. And um, so family was really, really important to her as well. So subsequently it became important to me as I grew up. And um, when I was 18, I finished my HSC. I was school captain at Narrabri and finished my HSC, but I knew I didn't want to go to uni back then and, and even though it was subsidised by the government, I wanted to get, get out and make my own way in the world. So 
Um, my dad worked for Colonial Mutual Life Insurance Company in Martin Place in Sydney. So I packed up at 18 and I didn't know that you didn't rock into the CEO's office on the fourth floor that was plush carpet and very hushed and rocked on in and the tea lady said, oh, can I help you? And, and I said, yeah, yeah, I want to see the CEO, Chris. He knows me. And she said, oh, do you have an appointment? And I went, no. And um, but he walked out at that point, recognised me and had a job by lunchtime kind of thing. So it was one of those things that was meant to be. And over the ensuing years, I worked my way up in financial services and, and the insurance industry. And um, so you know, spent a lot of time in, in, in that sector um, in Sydney. And then fast forward, met my husband, kissed a lot of toads along the way, found my handsome prince, I married him. Um, had my babies, but um, Samantha and Jared were chronically ill with asthma, like seriously ill in hospital all the time. It was really hard to um, to juggle, you know, very demanding, high-paying roles um, in corporate Sydney. And I ended up taking a redundancy and restudied interior design and did that for the next probably 10 years until we relocated up here back in... Oh God, when did we move up here? 2010. And, um, but of course that was in the middle of GFC, wasn't it? So I, um, I didn't, um, didn't go looking for a job in interior design or starting my own practice back then. I went back to my roots, which was marketing and communications, which is throughout my career. That's when I say I worked in financial services, it was always marketing communications PR that I did, um, in, in that field. And so I landed a job with Schultz to O'Brien lawyers back then. And, that was a great entree onto the Sunshine Coast. And and five years ago, I started my own marketing PR comms business and haven't looked back. So I kind of, that's a very, very rushed version of events. I, it's rushed, right, but it's incredibly comprehensive and really does give us an insight as to our formative years. They're so important, aren't they, that our family values and beliefs and what we grow up around becomes normal. I want to just, I want to ask you a question though. Do you think it was your upbringing or is it your personality to be that bold, that brash, that you just walk into the fourth floor plush carpeted uh, CEO's office and just assumed? Or was that your youth? Like what would you call that? Was that? Ig- that was ignorance, actually. That was what, because well, I had did not know any better. So that was pure because if I'd known better I certainly wouldn't have done it because I'm a, I'm actually a stickler for the rules so I you know if you're not meant to talk I wouldn't talk or if you're meant to be respectful I would be respectful I don't like going out of those norms I'm not I'm actually not a rebel rouser um I will challenge norms from time to time but I'm certainly I would certainly if that wasn't the done thing I would if I wasn't aware that you shouldn't do it. I mean, if I was aware, I wouldn't have done There's no way I would have done it. So I call that a happy accident. (laughs) Yeah. And also incredibly bold. And sometimes our ignorance slash innocence can actually be quite charming and indeed quite a gift at times. But I also want to know from a community point of view then, is Sydney, you've worked in corporate Sydney and now you work on the Sunshine Coast, a more regional area both still in the kind of the corporate sectors, but how would you describe the differences from a big smoke city like Sydney to a regional area? Is that community stronger in these smaller places? That's actually a really good question, Kim, because I actually often talk about this difference. And and I spent many, many years in corporate Sydney, right in the heart of the the CBD. And um, when, when I moved to the Sunshine Coast, if you had have told me that it is built and worked around networks and 
getting to know people and like, but not just getting to know people at a surface level, getting to really know people and, and wanting to genuinely collaborate, connect, make a difference where you can without expecting anything in return. Like coming from Sydney, you'd have no idea that's how the coast works. That is exactly how the coast works. And you can't walk in here in 30 seconds and expect to be able to do that. It takes time and it takes patience and it takes being authentic and genuine and, you know, and it doesn't mean in 12 months you have a cup of coffee with everybody you can to try and connect with everybody. That doesn't work. It, it genuinely takes time to organically let things happen, form genuine relationships. If you can't, like today, for example, I saw a really incredible opportunity for um, a position that was going, I don't know if it was remote or not, but it was it was to do it in sport. And I flicked it to somebody I knew that was interested in that field. Um, it wasn't right for them at the time, but I just knew that they had an interest in that. And I flicked it to them simply because I said, here's an amazing opportunity in case you're interested. I happen to know one of the directors. Let me know if you need a connection. Um, those sorts of things, you do them not expecting anything in return. I haven't spoken to this person in a while, but I saw it and thought, well, that might benefit them. Um, that's the, the coast works like that. You know, you listen to what people are doing and it may not be right now that you help them, but someone might call me and say, Jen, I need to, I'm looking for a commercial kitchen here. Or I, um, do you know someone that might do X, Y, and Z? And I'll go, you know what? I was having a conversation the other day with blah, blah, blah. And they said, so let me just connect the two of you. And that's how the coast works. And it's unique and it's special. And, and to answer your question, no, it is not like Sydney. It is, I don't think it's as um, ruthless. I think we are collaborative. I think we are building a community together. I think we really try hard together. So we can all play in, even if we play in the same patch, we're still respectful of each other. And there's still, I always like to say there's room for everyone. And, and even if you are in the same patch, irrespective of what you do, you know, you, we're not a fit for everybody either. And that's okay. And it's okay to go, well, you know what? They, I may not suit them or they may not suit me, that doesn't mean they won't work with someone else, but it's not a reflection on you either. And I think that, you know, as we get older, we have, we get more, more comfortable in our own skin and, and, and are able to acknowledge that, that, you know, it's, whereas in, you know, Sydney, you might do business with people because it's business and, and, and if you just want to do business, I choose not to do business with people I don't want to do business with now. So it's a really nice position to be in, but um, you know, I, I, I just, I think the coast is special. And, you know, I don't think it, I know it. I know the coast is special. I know there's incredible businesses here. I know there's going to be, continue to be incredible businesses here. And um, we're, we're really only now starting to get onto the world stage because there is so much more happening, particularly in the lead up to the Olympics. Even I'm the chair of the business awards, as you know, the number of outstanding businesses we have on the coast, you've never even heard of because they're just busy doing their own thing, blows my mind. Every single time these applications come through, or they stand on the stage and they tell us what they do, it's just inspiring the the talent, men, women, young people, older people. It doesn't matter; they're all having a go, and they're all doing pretty special things. That's one thing I noticed when I went to one of the Sunshine Coast Business Awards evening. the The winners there was not one business I knew of. And I think that's something that you proudly state that we can all feel very proud of. What do you think it is about the Sunshine Coast then? Because so many times I have people say, oh, you're from the Sunshine Coast. God, what is in the water up there? Like there is a, there seems to be an entrepreneurial um, collaborative energy up here. What do you think it is? Is it the sunshine? 
Well, it's interesting. Bernard Salt actually refers to us as the um, entrepreneurial capital of Australia, and I completely concur with that. I look, I think it's twofold. I think it's happened partly because we haven't had a choice. So whilst in the past we were focused heavily on tourism, people wanting a change in lifestyle perhaps but had tech skills or had other skills in other areas have relocated here, haven't been able to find the kind of roles that they wanted without going back down to Brisbane for argument's sake. So they've created their own opportunity. They've said, I'm going to hang out my shingle and I'm going to do do what I do best and make a go of it. And there are many, many people that have managed to do that. And, and as a consequence of that, we've seen the growth of innovators and, you know, the, all the hubs that foster those R&D sort of um, develop, the R&D people that are into research and development and growing ideas and in manufacturing we're seeing growth. You look at the two incredible ladies from Sunny Street, Nova and Sonia. My God, I, I remember seeing them when they were at the Health Accelerator as a startup just the two of them. And it was only three or four years ago, a very short time ago. Now look at those incredible women. They have opened a Maruchidor clinic last year. They've expanded up to Gympie and down to, I think, the Gold Coast. Um, Sonia won Greg Hunt's Trailblazers Award last year. Those women go from strength to strength to strength. And the two of them gave, virtually were employed at school and gave up very high paying jobs to follow their passion and their dream. And I'll tell you what, they just, you know, just see just that, those sorts of people. We we have lots of those incredible people on the Sunshine Coast. They're just two of the, the many. And if you come to the um, breakfast I was telling you about, actually, Kim, you'll see that you'll see Sonia speak. Well, one of my most favourite things to do is to hear stories of business people because, you know, from the outside looking in, when we are at awards or breakfast, we see all the glory. We see, I guess, like an Instagram highlights reel. We see all the great things. What would be your idea around understanding and tell me truthfully, what is your understanding around what it really takes to run your own business? Oh, Kim, it's not easy. And, you know, and when you get the time, talk to those gorgeous ladies too, because they will tell you how they started and, and, you know, it wasn't easy for them. You know what it takes, Kim? It takes a lot of hard work. What people don't see are the 4am starts and the 2am finishes. They don't see that, you know, the weekends of not spending it with your family. And, and remember, you're doing it by choice though. It's not, and it's, a, and it's passion, your own passion and your own love. So no one's making you do it. But if you want to do the right thing by your clients and you want to deliver it at, at um, outstanding work and you want to give yourself an edge perhaps that somebody else doesn't have, or in my instance, you know, you've got deadlines looming because you do a lot of writing, then that's what you have to do. And you have to be prepared to do it. If you want to be, if you want to watch the clock, being self-employed is not for you. But if you want, if you want to take risks, and, and also what it so means is not knowing necessarily when you start off when you're going to next get paid and it's you know all those sorts of things you know that you know, you, you you know what it's like come you you've been there yourself it's it's not an easy road to follow as a self-employed person but it's one foot in front of the other just like everything else in life is it's one foot in front of the other you 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 know what your goal is you, if you break it down into bite-sized pieces you know what you've got to achieve when I first started out I knew what my goals were for each month before my husband would start saying you've got to go back and get a job uh, and, and I just work slowly towards that and you slowly work towards telling people what you do and demonstrating that you do it well and delivering on what you promise that you're going to do 
Um, but you know, it's, it is scary. It's scary for businesses when you first start and there's startup costs, you know, with, with websites and, you know, logos and all the bits and pieces that go with it. But if you do what you do well, and, and the important thing too, is not spreading yourself too thin, know what you do well, own what you do well. Don't be all things to all people. Like if people say to me, you know, am I a digital guru? No, I'm not a digital guru. I'm old. Um, I can't possibly be a digital guru. <laughs> um, but I have people, you know, if I have clients that want the digital expertise in terms of all the SEM, the SEO, I have people that I collaborate with and work with that are perfectly, you know, aligned to my client that I can introduce there. So I don't try and be all things to all people. And I think it's a big mistake people try and do to go, right, well, if I do that and that, I can earn more money. Quite often, actually, what happens is if you aren't skilled in that area, you're going to let people down anyway and you're potentially going to lose that client. So I'm always brutally honest about what I can do, what I will do, what I won't do, what I can't do. And I think if you outline that from the outset, you manage the expectations, then, you know, it, it makes your path a little bit easier. Agreed. I think one of the things that you do so well, and maybe it is a Sunshine Coast thing, you've used the word a number of times, is connections. And I look at you as a real symbol of connections here on the coast. If there's ever a time where I think, I wonder if someone knows someone, it's it's you that we all call or you that we know. Do you think your dad's and mum's um, community ways has made you brave enough to be in that position and excited by that position? Is that something that you really do love bringing people together? Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely do. And, and you know what it is, I don't know whether it's, it was created by them or fostered by them or it was already in me because I did the same thing to my kids actually. So I don't know if you remember when Run Sunshine Coast was here, Cotton On ran it and they had a costume, the big button man. Well, my son was made to dress in that costume on many occasions, even to the point of running up Mount Cooler minutes. So, you know, that's his commitment to community. Um, so... Yeah, look, connection, look, I, you know what I'm passionate about? I'm passionate about seeing other people succeed and I'm passionate about if I can make a difference, just like all of us, if any of us can make a difference to help somebody else succeed or to showcase another business, it, we don't do it because I'm going to, I don't do it because I'm going to benefit. I do it because the region's going to benefit, therefore our kids are going to be, benefit, therefore their grandkids are going to be, benefit from it. So as a region we become richer and we become enriched if you like by supporting each other to do better to be better to showcase what we've got here we must always strive for that always there's and, and if there's a small local business that's doing something great give them a shout out nominate them for the business awards help them enter get there if they're a finalist and cheer them on and even if they don't enter, support their business. Give them a shout-out if they make the best bread on the Sunshine Coast or give the best haircuts. It doesn't matter what they do. Um, and you know, one of the things my dad said to me when I was very young, and I, I made a flippant remark, and it was a stupid remark by, you know, clearly stupid young girl at the time where the, the local garbage man had said, came along collecting the garbage and I said something and made a flippant remark about, oh, he's the garbage man. And Dad sternly said to me, don't you ever, ever speak about someone like that again? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, that man fought in World War II. You have no idea what he's been through. So don't you ever make light of the job somebody else does. He does that job because that is the only job that he's comfortable doing. So oh, it just makes me sad thinking about my dad. <clears throat> um and my, and he was wise beyond his years. So from that point on, all, all, and he said to me, Jenny, all work is honourable, all work. 
And again, I think I was, you know, flippant and said, well, what about, you know, a woman that, you know, gives sex away for money? And he said, Jenny, if that's the only way she can feed her children, all work is honourable. And I, and it probably took me a long time to wrap my head around that, but, and, and I probably would have only been about 10 or 12, you know, a bit of a smart ass or whatever at the time with my flippant comments. And, um, but he's right. And so from that point on, I, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. If you are a good person and you contribute and you make a difference, you know, we all have something to contribute and no, not one of us is better than the other on that realm of, of doing or chasing our dreams. And I think it's really, really important to remember that. I agree. Just even going into a clean public toilet, I always give thanks about the person that's been yeah. in here and cleaned it. Yeah. I When I'm at a restaurant, waitressing, did that yeah. for years, cleaned houses for years. Yeah. And I just, and if I've ever had the privilege of having a cleaner, I've always said whenever they've arrived, my angel, my fairy has arrived. You know, it's such a privilege and such a gift. And I think you're absolutely right. But also what's a little bit more special, and I know we can showcase the Sunshine Coast here, there seems to be very quiet, discerning achievers, very wealthy, clever um, business people that, that you just you just wouldn't know about them unless there's an awards or unless someone happens to mention them. What do you think that humble quality is? Is that a Sunshine Coast thing or is that something you saw in Sydney as well? I think, look, you know what? It's 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 different here because of the ratio of people here. So it's 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 probably an unfair comparison to compare it to Sydney like that because there are Sydney's full of and a lot a lot of really amazing great people and I was blessed to know so many of them. Still know them um, from Sydney. So I think it's probably it's just that we're smaller. We're a smaller community here, and I think therefore we know each other more intimately. We see each other at events and those kind of things. Um, but having said that, yeah, I would say a lot of the high achievers are beautiful, humble, humble people. I mean, you think about Ros White, for example, you know, what an absolutely beautiful soul she is, you know, one of the kindest, most generous, humble people you would ever meet in your life. And, you know, she's a rock star. So yeah, we are blessed to have lots of those people. They're just, you know what we're blessed to have? We're just blessed to have good people, irrespective of whether they're the superstars or they're not superstars. We just have really good people here. And I think, I'm, I know I'm grateful for that. You know, every day I turn around, there are just really good people here and, you know, and I love what I do in, in that I can help to showcase some of those people and highlight their talents in, in the work that I do because, you know, they deserve to be recognised. I think the Sunshine Coast is definitely replicated around Australia. There's other small communities that have incredible collaborative um, connections and amazing people within them. So we're not just showing off the Sunshine Coast, but I think our little X factor that comes into it as well. The sunshine does make you smile a lot. It does feel good here to be at a coastal place that, to be honest with you, I've got a girlfriend who's just got her um, buyer's agency and I came up, I think it's a great byline, but I said, you come home to go on holiday. I don't know why I feel like I'm always on holiday here on the coast, but I do come home to come and go on holiday. I don't want to leave here. There is something about the fact that we have the hinterland, we have the coast, we have the river. Like there is a lot of different amazing businesses opportunities because of our landscape and our region but what would you say is our greatest features from a business perspective apart from the people 
Oh, I think it's diversity, you know, and I think it's, um, you know what we're really good at? We're really good at the all the hubs that foster um, these entrepreneurs and that talent that's in there that they and people just get on it and do it. So from your Parisian Digital Hub, for example, where you see a lot of those five tech startup companies come out of, you've had the innovation center in the past that have, have had a lot of startups there and, and entrepreneurs there. We've got the the digital hubs, we've got the health accelerators. There are there's probably a good 10 to 20 various startups, you know, Robo Rave as well, <clears throat> even though that's um, aimed more at um, younger people in robotics. There are all these programs that we have operated and driven by incredibly talented people that benefit the region and benefit people that have an interest in those areas. You know, Silicon Coast is another um, another group that that focuses on all the tech the tech stuff, and th- there are all these. No, they're not subcultures, but they're all going on underneath. So if you've got a particular bent on something or you're into IT or if you're into music or, you know, we've got the wearable art coming up, there are just so many different things. So whether you're a creative or you're into tech or you're into robotics or you're a young entrepreneur wanting to start, there's something for everybody here. And I just think there are so many groups that are complementary to each other that don't, you know, spot in the same space that all help foster this with, with young people and, and, and other people that are just wanting to start a business or change direction as well. Um, you know, the, your, Ted O'Brien has started that generation innovation a number of years ago. That continues to go from success to success every year with young people coming through, being mentored by great business people that help them, you know, look at taking their idea to a reality. It's just there is opportunity everywhere you look on the Sunshine Coast. It's being driven by people that are entrepreneurial and driven, helping other people to achieve. It's everywhere. It is. And one of the most amazing things about being an entrepreneur, let's talk about that is you are one yourself, is what how much guts and courage and strength, tenacity, um, energy, all of the things that it takes to be one. But a lot of this, and even the way you're talking about young people and the way we're talking about people that mentor them, there's a lot of self-belief. There's a lot of belief that this is what we need to do. And that confidence, that that ability to just step in and give it a shot, give it a try. Is that something that you think is unique to entrepreneurs or does that happen for people that may be employees that get that entrepreneurial spark? Well, I think it's relevant to both really. You know, if they're an employee and they're wanting to go and have a crack at something themselves, they've got the entrepreneurial spark. And, and ideally as an employee, you'd want people that have all got that edge. I mean, you don't want to lose them, but you also want them people with a bit of an initiative too. Um Look, it's not unique to us. It's it's all over the country. Australia is full of talented people doing amazing things. We just happen to have a high proportion of them here on the Sunshine Coast. And, again, I think it comes down to the fact that, um, you know, it's been limited job choices and limited wage you know, cappings, if you like, you know, we haven't, we're not on par with Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane, that people have gone, well, I've got the skill set and I've got the talent. I'm going to create my own business. And, and a lot of them do and have done so successfully. So I think there's that... You know, there's those people that will go and, and, and entrepreneurs don't always succeed. They'll have a go and that won't necessarily work out. That's okay. They'll have another crack at it and, and do something else. But you can do it here on the Sunshine Coast. You might have to get a job in between potentially, but, you know, the Sunshine Coast doesn't, you know, we've got short memories. We support people and, and it's, you know, everyone's welcome to have a crack. Do you believe then, along with that confidence and that spirit and that desire to create, 
there has to be a level or an element around really believing in yourself enough that you actually, I mean, this is the self-love podcast. You believe that it's important to love oneself in order to believe in oneself. Oh, they go hand in hand, Jim, without a doubt. If you, like, if you don't have, a person that's got self-confidence is, likes themselves. You know, and I'm in that without that sounding weird. Um, they do, absolutely. You don't, you can't have false bravado only gets you so far. So you've got to have a deep belief in what you do and faith in what you do. Um, they definitely go hand in hand. Having said that, it's easy enough, for, particularly for entrepreneurs to be rocked, particularly when something doesn't go right. And you know what it's like when you work on your own. If someone isn't happy with something you've done or doesn't like what you've, you, you've, you, you know what it's like when you've got clients, someone may, you, you don't keep 100% people happy 100% of the time. You've got to be resilient enough to bounce back from those, those things, acknowledge your mistakes, fix your mistakes, move on. I think, um, you know, I think our younger population today, and I've got two kids, as you know, one's 25 and one's, 22 um, in next month. Um, and resilience is a big thing. Kids need to be resilient. You know, we brought a lot of kids up, I think, in a generation where they were all told they can be superstars. They all won a prize because nobody can be left out. And I'm, I'm not saying that's right or that's wrong. I'm simply saying what we're now seeing, though, is people are going, well, how come in the business world I don't get a Guernsey and they're not as resilient because they haven't had those knockbacks. Um, so I think... You've got to also have enough confidence and enough self-love to go, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'm not going to be able to please everybody and that's okay. Um, I know I don't please everybody. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay. I'm cool with that. And and it takes a long time to get comfortable in your own skin about that. And I, th I think when you do, it's not a criticism on of you. I mean, I don't love everybody. I'm sure you don't love everybody, Kim. I'm respectful of everybody, I hope, and I and that sort of thing. But it's okay to go, that person's not my, my people. They're not my people. And therefore, I can't expect me to be their people. So don't get offended if, you know, they don't. You know, you know what I mean? So I just think sometimes trying to be all things to all people sets you up for disappointment. Acknowledge sometimes, you know, you're not, you're not going to float everybody's boat and that's okay with that. And that's part of self-love is to say I'm okay as I am and I'm worthy as I am and I respect the fact that I may not float your boat, but that's okay. Would you say that's your definition of self-love then, that I'm okay as I am and worthy as I am? Is that a definition for you of self-love? Oh, look, you know what? Absolutely, absolutely, Kim. I am absolutely okay with how I am. And, you know, the thing is um, I am, you know, I'm probably a bit black and white and I'm probably very direct for, for a lot of people. But you know where you stand with me. Um, and I'd like to think I have a kind heart and and I care deeply about people. And I do get hurt very easily. Don't tell anyone. Um, don't tell all your listeners there. Um, I do get really hurt easily because I do care very deeply. But um, at the end of the day, I can't control how, you know, pe whether people are going to like me or they're not going to like me, those sorts of things. So I'm okay with that, you know. So I just, but, you know, it, I think you also have to be self-aware enough to know that if you've hurt someone or you've made a mistake that you can acknowledge that and, um, and, and that you can own your mistakes. So I think that's a really important part of the process. I think if you stand up and go, I'm never wrong and I've never made a mistake and I'm never this and I'm never that, well, you're delusional because, None of us are perfect. I know I've made plenty of mistakes 
in my life. Um, and I'll probably continue to make plenty of mistakes because I'm passionate and, and I get passionate about things. But I think as long as you approach life with a good heart, but acknowledge if you step off the path or you've hurt someone's feelings, then, you know, you can't use it as an excuse. So that's the other thing too. You can't go on, you know, you have to be aware. That's the other thing probably, Kim, is being self-aware enough to know, you know, when you're in the wrong or when you're, you know, not in your lane or you're not staying in your lane. And I think that's important too. I love this because, you know, these are words that you've, you know, really helped me through when I've been challenged in my business. And it was those lines, just go stay in your lane, Kim. I'll never forget you saying that to me years ago. And I was so grateful for it because I honestly nearly closed the doors on my business. And so that simple mentoring, those simple words, that reaching out and how kind and generous with your time you were with me, that saved me and me wanting to close down my business. So publicly, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for allowing me to continue in what I know I do well. So I just I just want to go back to your role in the business sector then and the person who is proud of who she is, honors who she is, owns her mistakes, respectful, kind, incredibly caring, and wants everyone to succeed. Uh, they're incredible traits that you have, but you're in a you're in a world where there's a lot of male energy. There's a lot of, you know, it's a lot harder sometimes. And that's not to put our men down, but there's a lot of, you know, and we need that grit. We need that real masculine kind of energy, even within us women, just like men probably need more feminine energy at times. You've been the chair and the non-executive, and you are also the uh, chair of the Sunshine Coast Business Awards. As in those positions and amongst men and women, how do you hold your own around strong will, determined, other stronger women and also the men in your positions? Um, I surround myself on the business awards. I um, have an amazing committee of amazing people and I surround myself with good people. So um, it, it really is as simple as that, Kim. That all those people, don't let anybody know the secret. They actually, they all do the work. They make me look good. Um no, the, the secret is surrounding yourself with good people that you trust and that you are willing to share the, the spotlight with and, you know, the because even with something like the business awards, they don't belong to me, they don't belong to the committee, they belong to the people of the Sunshine Coast and we are simply caretakers of that where to make sure they are done and run and managed in an ethical, professional manner that is transparent so that everybody has an equal and fighting chance to be seen, judged fairly, all those sorts of things. And it is my absolute mission that, you know, and I believe we, we achieve that now, that, you know, we, we're certainly delivering on that. But I don't do it on my own, Kim. I surround myself with good people. And that really, at the end of the day, is what it comes down to. And you look in other roles and things, yeah, yeah I, there are lots of men around. But, but to be really honest, Kim, I actually love working with men. You know where you stand with men. I have absolutely no problem going toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with a man if I need to on a, on a reasonable point or a reasonable argument. Absolutely um, no problem at all. What I don't like is going toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone, man or woman, that is not respectful, that choose to go behind your back, that want to throw darts when you're not looking or want to pull the rug from you, that's when you see a different side of me and I will go toe-to-toe -to -toe with those people. 
Yeah, I love it. I also think being part of the Chambers Alliance, one of the things that you do well, as I've said at the beginning, is bringing people together. What is your greatest insight into the Alliance? Because these Chambers Alliances are all over the country. What would you say to someone that is in business, maybe they've started out, maybe they've been in business for a while and need to elevate or up-level their connections, their, their, their clientele. Is it a good idea to belong to something like that? I think anyone in business should reach out to their local chamber of commerce and we've got them all over the Sunshine Coast. There's over 17 of them um, in all different areas from the Hinterland down to Caloundra to Kiwana, Maloolaba, Maruchido, Glasshouse, Yamundi, Coolum, um, up in Noosa, reach out, find out who they are, and you can go onto the Chamber Alliance website and have a look. But join one because they have all sorts of different programs from the mentoring that the Alliance runs through to local networking and, you know, breakfasts. And they do a whole range of programs that are all about keeping you connected to your local business community. And if you're, say, in Kiwana or in Maloolabar or Maruchid or wherever it might be, that might work for you there, but you also might want to be expanding out into other areas. So I would reach out because you can go to other events. You just pay a non-member fee if they're open to non-members. Um, and, and the thing is, don't be, what I would say there is don't be shy. Take a buddy if you need to, but ring ahead, reach out, say I'm coming on my own, and I will absolutely promise you without knowing who you would ring that, you would be welcome with open arms. And if you said, hey, I'm coming on my own, I'm a bit nervous, can you promise to introduce me to a few people? I promise you there'd be 10 people who'd put their arms around you and say, we would absolutely love to do that. You would be very welcome. With guarantee, with every single Chamber of Commerce on the Sunshine Coast, you would absolutely get that. I love this. Let's move now into COVID. COVID has affected many businesses and many of us on the coast, many people all over Australia, New Zealand, and everywhere else that listens to this podcast. How would you say COVID has affected business generally? Because some businesses have really pivoted. And in fact, for me personally, have found a different way of being. There's been some real gems and positives that have come out of this kind of pandemic that we've all been faced with. What have you personally noticed? You know, it's it's real, and I can't speak for necessarily the rest of Australia, but I can certainly, you know, speak for what I see here on the Sunshine Coast. First and foremost, tourism was obviously hit, and anyone in events, um, conferences, impacted badly. The aviation impacted dreadfully. You, employees, you, there's no doubt you can't deny the the impact of that. Not just those directly hit, but it's the all the, the ripple effect on from that. So the people that cleaned the rooms or the the people that did the laundry or the catering and those, so the, the ripple effect was has been significant and it's been enormous. Um, we're now coming out the other side, and you're right, Kim, a lot of businesses found different ways to do things. Um, we all worked out how to Zoom and, and say, oh, you're on mute, you know, <laughs> um, constantly. Uh, um, we found different ways of, of, of doing business. Um, there will be some businesses that have shut the doors and will never come back, and, and there will be some businesses that continue to shut the doors. But I think in terms of some of, if you can, if you want to draw positives out of here, I think it's been a lesson and a sad lesson to learn, but a lesson that nonetheless that Australia had to learn is that we made a mistake many years ago letting go of our manufacturing capabilities. And I'm really pleased to see that, you know, the governments are investing back in redeveloping and, and reinvesting in manufacturing because we should never have let some of that manufacturing capabilities that we had in Australia go offshore. 
and it's really good to see some of it now coming back. And I'm really pleased to say here on the Sunshine Coast too that we have manufacturing that is growing again on the Sunshine Coast. And I hope to see that we and, – and when we talk manufacturing, we're not talking dirty manufacturing that we think industrial revolution. It's clean manufacturing too. So it could be in the tech space and those sorts of things. So I think that we're going to see an upswing in some of those industries perhaps that – um, weren't getting the focus they were before or the grants or the funding to help kickstart them. And I, I think there's going to be some opportunities there which will create great jobs and particularly for young people that are really in the tech area and computers that are wanting those sorts of jobs because manufacturing now isn't, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, um, banging things with a, you know, a hammer anymore, it's, it quite often is computer-based too. So there's there's so many opportunities there. And, in fact, it was someone that I said I uh, was talking to recently and they're in the tech space in Sydney and they basically said, you know, if you've got skills in computers and he used all this terminology for jobs that like UX developer and things that I don't profess to be an expert on, but apparently those jobs are going through the roof. So there's there are, I think, growing opportunities for people in, in those computer tech spaces. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I also think here on the Sunshine Coast, our food and agribusiness sector is absolutely thriving. We've now got turbine recently been announced at the airport with a further $33.4 million funding that came through from the federal government a couple of weeks ago. And turbine's going to be um, a manufacturing um, hub, if you like, at the airport that is is going to be great for all so many of these small businesses that can't afford to scale up or aren't able to scale up, and um, that is going to help help it help these businesses. And it's Australia's first, so I think that's a big coup for the Sunshine Coast. Well, another coup for us here up in Queensland is the Olympics in 2032. How have you seen that impact, and what do you see the future for us with regards to how that will affect Queensland and Australia? Well, it's exciting times, isn't it, really, knowing that they're just around the corner. One of the big things for me that I think is positive out of that is we desperately need better public transport. And, you know, let's let's talk about the white elephant in the room. We desperately need it from Brisbane, fast rail or um, heavy rail, if you want to call it that, from Brisbane. So, yeah, not it's just for the clarification, you people often use heavy rail and fast rail as the same thing. Light rail is different again. So I'll refer to it as heavy rail. So heavy rail from Brisbane through to Maroochydore CBD is an absolute must um, for the Olympic Games. If we want those to be successful and we want to be able to get people from A to B quickly and proficiently, that's got to go ahead. Um, I think there was an announcement last week by the federal government they've stumped up some money for it, but I think we need the state government to come to the party on that too. I'm not getting into the politics of it. I just want the two of them to talk to and so that we can actually make this happen and get some stuff done because that is an absolute necessity. The next thing obviously is around the Sunshine Coast. Once people are here, we've got to get them around. What the answer to that is still being debated and it's highly contested um, by, you know, lots of different people. Um, on the coast, it has to be clean, it has to be efficient, and it has to be able to move people quickly in whatever form that ends up taking. So um, I think, that, you know, the Olympics for us will actually help us, you know, address some of those problems that need to be addressed sooner rather than later. And down the track too, we need rail to extend right up to the airport because it's no point, it's only just up the road, you know, it, it's crazy that it, we haven't addressed that either but you know the way the, the the coast has grown in the last few years in terms of numbers and population um we've just got a little bit of catching up to do there i think many people think the sunshine coast is the gold coast particularly overseas people or they think they're close or whatever 
significant differences between the Gold and Sunshine Coast in your humble opinion? Oh, look, we're, we're completely, two completely different things. But to start with, where there's, you know, I don't see us as glittery, whereas because we don't have the skyscrapers and the, the you know, the, the, 30-storey buildings and, and that sort of thing. We will never have that, and nor should we ever have that. You know, we're known for our, our more relaxed lifestyle. We'll be known for being more, I believe, in time a business corporate hub um, that has the beautiful benefits perhaps of our uniqueness that is not unlike the Byron Bay hinterland, but we've got all those beautiful things that people want to come here for. We're close to the Bruce Highway. We have great restaurants. We have great food and beverage offerings. We've got an array of um businesses that are going to continue to grow from strength to strength that are going to call head office here. We're very, very different. Whereas the Gold Coast focus, focuses very heavily on tourism. We don't. Uh, we have in the past, to be fair, but we are, that is slowly shifting. And, and the council's got the seven high value industries of which tourism is one, but there are other high value industries that we are growing here on the Sunshine Coast. And I think it's really important to, to note that we are just not about tourism. Yes, it's an important part of what we do, but it's not all that we do. I think also, too, what you mentioned, there's a lot of people moving from the Melbournes, the Brisbane's, the cities up here. We have some extraordinary, as you said, restaurants, amazing entertainment coming this way. There are so many things happening here that if you want a bit more of a relaxed, as you say, lifestyle, there is no doubt. I have friends that are looking to move from Melbourne and New Zealand and Victoria up here because they just see such a beautiful, and I think the word, the, the correct word is, it's a healthy lifestyle up here. It feels feels good. We all get on, it seems, and there's some just real talent, as you say. So, Miss Denson, yes. Oh, no, I think, I think what I was going to say was you're right, Kim, because, you know, my husband and I, we lived in Sydney for a, lo a long time, and when our daughter was born, we, my, our parents had moved, my parents had moved to Caloundra, God, back in 19... 95, I think they moved up here. And um, we used to go holiday on the Gold Coast, and we came up to the Sunshine Coast, and and we visited for the first time and it wasn't as progressed as it is now. Obviously it was, you know, 25 plus years ago, but we fell in love with the Sunshine Coast then and we would have moved then um, had the timing been right. We, uh, we knew we had found something uniquely special. I still feel that it's uniquely special. Um, I'll never leave here. It is the Sunshine Coast is is just beautiful. And I've got my beautiful 10 acres here with my ponies and my puppies and, um, and my husband, and um, we're not going anywhere. We really have found paradise, and I think, I, may I be as bold to say that I actually think that the Sunshine Coast and the Sunshine Coast hinterland is actually better than the Byron Bay hinterland. Well, I'm going to go with you on that one. I love the fact that you've got your ponies, your pups, and Steve, but I'm going to call him, <laughs> he's your pimp, he's your ride, in paradise. <laughs> your pony, your pup, your pimp in paradise. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, Don't you give that the heading? <laughs> I was thinking that. Um, <laughs> but your beautiful husband, your family, your children, you have got amazing horses. Your property is insane. Have you got two extraordinary dogs that we have Thanks a to you. connection over? I just, I love the connection that we have there. I had friends that were looking for a home and beautiful Jen and Steve took these amazing pups on and they look so at home on your land. I'm very happy here. So right now, my beautiful friend, you have plugged and talked about the Sunshine Coast and you have raved about all businesses. I want to give you a plug and I'd love to shout out about you and what you do. Could you please explain to us what your business is and how people can find you? Oh, Kim, um, 
you know what? It's actually easier to talk about other people than it is to talk about me. Um, I have my own marketing communications business. I do PR, publicity, um, investor relations, um, profile raising, personal branding for people. So the written word, if you like, so copy written, it just, it, whatever people need in terms of the communication space I can take care of. At the moment I'm doing a lot of PR um, and a lot of investor relations and communication pieces for people. And I would say probably 90% of my time is PR at the moment, but um, that changes depending on what the different clients want. You know, I've got a client in the mining space that, that I proof their documents and um, make their engineering talk less engineering like. Um, so, you know, Lots of different things for different people, depending on on what they need. Um, I also um, provide, uh, as I said, personal branding and 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 guidance to people when they're wanting to increase their brand, or they might be not sure of certain things. Participating will it impact their brand? Will it impact positively or, or negatively? It's really really important for people to think about how they dress, what they say, who you know, where they go, what they align their own because what they align their own brand with. And what I was going to say there, Kim, is because every single one of us, whether we have a, a job or we don't have a job, we have a business, we don't have a business, we have a personal brand. And back in the day it used to be referred to as your style even. But we, all, whether you realise it or not, people perceive you a certain way. So just to give, put you in that mind, so you know when you jog and you look beautiful in your running shorts and your midriff top and your tiny, tiny, skimpy little shorts, Kimmy, because I've seen your legs, that's how I think I look. That is in reality not how I look. Um, so my point is, you know, it's we, we, we see ourselves sometimes differently to the way the world perceives us. And I think, you know, sometimes you've got to have trusted people in your corner that can perhaps say, hey, Jen, maybe the midriff top next time you lose it, you know, or you, you don't wear such tiny, tiny shorts um, when you run. So you've got to have those people in your corner that will tell you honestly and that you won't be afraid to take that feedback from because if you, you know, it's very easy to go off track. Um, and that's a, some, sometimes the sort of thing I do with people, work with them as well to say, you know, or if they might say I've been asked to speak at this, should I speak at that? I find out the topic. I might go, well, so we're not really aligned to your values. Why are you wanting to do that? So, you know, or they're saying I've been asked to sponsor or get behind this, you know, it's great coverage and I'll go, but does it align with what your values are? And if it doesn't, it becomes inauthentic. And that's when you get brand misalignment and people, it's like um, Kim, the football player for argument's sake that says, I've got great family values and this is what my and my beautiful wife espouse. And then he, the next week he's on the front page of the paper with the 20 year old girlfriend. Um, the values don't align. So it's, it's those, all the health fanatics that says I only eat vegan food, but the next week gets caught munching down on a hamburger. It, it's that, that kind of thing. So brand alignment's really, really important that you, you, you walk the talk, so to speak, you know, because if you aren't, you're never going to be able to maintain it anyway. And people see through it at 10 paces. I agree. And I think I just want to really make sure that people know how they can get hold of you because you work with people all over Australia, but I know the Sunshine Coast yep. is your love. But could you just tell us how we could find you? What website? Oh, well, my website's actually being updated at the moment. It got hacked some time ago. So, um, yes, yeah, so uh, just you can contact me via my mobile probably which is 0438 But I will have a new website in a couple of months. 
And socials, is there anywhere we can find you on socials? Yes, you can. So on Facebook, Jennifer Swain Marketing and Communications. Yeah, I'll put all that in the notes for everybody because yeah. there's a lot of people that sometimes we don't even know what it is that we need. And one of the things that you really helped me with when I was thinking about giving up and closing the doors and all of that, and you told me to stay in my lane, is you also helped me really find who I was. And you really helped me to align my brand with a new product, which launched me in the space of the essential oil world, but with a whole new look, which was my aroma cards. And I'll never forget my beautiful business partner, my team, everybody was so impressed with how you pulled that event together. And also how you helped me to align my values of maybe wanting at one point to have this big aromatherapy company into realizing that, no, my mission, my values really is, is to help one woman, one business, one person at a time realize their own innate abilities to align with their success, purpose, alignment, and their values to then be the best version of themselves. And so my big vision became, I felt bigger by going smaller. Does that make sense? And, and tell me how did that work out for you, Kim? <laughs> well, do you know what was so amazing? Because of you and because of your support and the, your love for me, I think you genuinely, um, you know, yes, we met through business, but there was a friendship instantly formed, which I Absolutely. felt so honoured for. But I think what happened is you also made me really look at my business and I had to make some really hard decisions. Mm. So my business and team of, say, eight people went down to three. And that was probably, again, where I'd say to you, where sometimes it isn't easy in business. Sometimes we do have to make decisions. And you reminded me to come back to my value of my family. And that was probably the first time I really made a decision based on what I wanted for me and my family and not trying to please everybody. And did it please everybody? Not at all. But I think what I took from that was the resilience, the strength, the tenacity to stand up and be proud of who I am on my own, but also with a smaller team, with big intention and it's thanks to that that our turnover may not have changed but our profitability went up tenfold and I think that was one of my greatest lessons in business was realizing that your profitability is way more important than how much you bring in so yeah I want to thank That's you so that. true oh it was my pleasure hun to be you know to be part of your, part of your journey but sometimes as I said you, you when you're in the when you're in the jar you can't see the label can you so sometimes you've got to have, you've got to be able to step outside that jar and take a really good look. And sometimes you can't do that, which is why you just need someone to say, have you considered or have you thought about at the end of the day, you make the decisions, your business, but you, sometimes it needs a fresh perspective from someone that's brave enough to have that kind of conversation. And that's what I was saying early on, you know, you don't have to be liked by everyone. You don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. And there are people, I mean, not necessarily wouldn't, um, you know, call my best friend or, or want to necessarily hang with, but it doesn't mean you can't be kind and it doesn't mean if they didn't come to you for your advice or your opinion that you wouldn't be heartfelt and genuine and authentic in, in that advice that you would give them because you want to do well by that person. And I think if you come from that intention, then, you know, at the end of the day, you, the person involved will make the decisions themselves for what suits them and their family. But, um, you, you know, it's just sometimes having a fresh perspective. And I think we all have to have people around us that, that you know, you can call up or you can ask, you know, what do you think or, you know, it, and it could be anything from this, this outfit work to should I speak at this event or could you hear my speech or whatever it might be, someone that will authentically and genuinely give you feedback and not, let you fall into alliance pit or go down the wrong path. 
I call someone like you also in my corner, my vore, my voice of reason. And so often in business, we can get very emotional and make emotional decisions. And sometimes that's not what's needed. And so having a voice of reason, that new perspective, that outside person looking in who cares, genuinely cares, is something that I think you do extraordinarily well. And I really do urge anyone who's listening to this who would just love to have even a conversation with this beautiful woman, your life will not be the same. I can guarantee it. You're way too kind. (laughs) I mean every word. You write for the Innoosa magazine, the Hello Hello Sunshine magazines, and other beautiful businesses here on the coast. There is so much we could talk about, but I just want to say on behalf of every Sunshine Coast business, entrepreneur, and person that's come in contact with you, thank you for being our beacon of light. Thank you for being out there shining the light bright. I'm sure everybody will now hear how much we love the Sunshine Coast, and we may even increase our population because of this podcast. So I just want to say... Thank well, you. People, thank well, everyone is welcome. Hey, there's, yeah. there's room for everyone. Mind you, we need more housing, but that's a whole other issue. But um, we love welcoming new businesses and new people to the coast. I agree. Because, because there's richness in diversity. Yes, I love that. There's richness in diversity. Tell me, I always ask my beautiful guests, their favourite quote at the moment, just to finish the show, final words of wisdom to the beautiful mm-hmm. self-love podcast listener and your favourite quote. Oh, okay. Oh, you know me, Kim. I, there's no frills attached to me, so it's short and sharp. Um, you can't reason with unreasonable. And I say this all the time to people everywhere, that particularly when people are dealing with, uh, you know, people perhaps that haven't got their best interests at heart um, and they like to twist things or they're maybe narcissistic or whatever it might be. And I will just, there's a point where, reasonable people will hear you and and you can have a conversation. It's a two-way thing and you might meet somewhere in the middle. Unreasonable people, you can, it doesn't matter what you say. They're never going to change their minds. They're never going to like you or like what you've got to say. So don't waste time. Don't engage on social media with those people. Don't, you know, just don't. So you can't reason with unreasonable. So I just avoid those people and I avoid reasoning with them or trying to reason with them because you can't. I, I got told it just reminds me so much of a quote that's been my go-to, that's your go-to, is you can be the juiciest, ripest, sweetest peach on the tree and some people just don't like peaches. <laughs> I can't yes. imagine it, you ever not being a juicy peach. <laughs> just you to come in with that. I love you. <laughs> Jen Sway, thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. It has been a thank delight you. and an honour. You're a treasure. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's been a great chat. I could stay here for another hour and chat to you, but I might need wine. I'm just pouring now. Okay. (laughs) I'll be there. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.